Hello, dear viewers, and welcome back to This Week in Canada. My name is Roberto Wakerel Cruz, and with me once again is Nico Johnson. Nico, say hello. Hello, guys. Welcome back. We've got Roberto. He's returned. Thank goodness for that. And on top of that, the quality has returned magically. <laughs> um, once again, this has nothing to do with me. I know James likes to dish out the blame, but in reality, it has, uh, it has entirely to do with Matthew Granger. So don't worry about that. Uh, and, and I'm sorry about that. It won't happen again. Yeah, no, I had a little, a tiny COVID scare. I ended up testing negative. So we're all good there. Uh, just really quick before we dive into the podcast, we have uh, just one thing I think to announce. We're going to be launching a Clips channel. Now, uh, mm. if you are familiar with Joe Rogan and use YouTube a lot, you might be familiar with kind of the Clips kind of format. It's just where we would upload two to four minute clips onto a YouTube channel so that you don't have to watch the whole podcast if you just want a little little bits and bites, some highlights, yeah. if you will. Um, so that's going to be happening i think this week we're gonna start doing some clips uh other than that i think we're all ready to rumble let's dive into our first topic we had a decently interesting week it was remembrance day uh a couple days ago this is going out on friday so um nico there was a couple big things that happened leading up to remembrance day and on remembrance day uh and the first one if you would like you can introduce it go ahead go ahead yeah, well, I've, there's two separate stories which um, sort of fit under the Remembrance theme. And I think they're both important and they both relate to one another because it is a symptom of the same problem within our society. And that's a growing sort of, uh, you, you know, misunderstanding of the importance of Remembrance Day. Now, the first one had to do with Whole Foods. Now, Whole Foods, as you may remember, is owned by Jeff Bezos, very rich man. Um, and also in by Amazon, of course. And they told their employers, I think secretly, that they shouldn't wear poppies. Poppies, the symbol we use to commemorate these soldiers for the sacrifice they made. And this was leaked to the press and there was a huge fuss about it, wasn't there, Roberto? Oh yeah, it was pretty massive. Uh, so yeah, basically there was a Whole Foods kind of whistleblower, uh, someone that was working for the company that was told that she would not be able to wear a poppy on her uniform come Remembrance Day. Uh, and they put it on the same level as uh, th they said it was taking a stand and that mm. Whole Foods doesn't allow any kind of uh, variants or customizations to their uniforms and that the poppy fell under a cu customization and that it was uh, like, I guess they were kind of equating it to a political point. Um, yeah. similar to why, like, you know, some companies don't let you wear a Black Lives Matter pin or a Make America Great Again pin. They're saying that, no, the poppy falls under this category. Um, now, Nico, I want to know what you think. Like, I have a, a, a couple opinions on this. I, I actually tend to think that this is maybe a symptom of these world wars, these massive, you know, World War One. I, I don't even know if there's any veterans still alive. There would have to be like 125 at this point. And yeah. uh, World War II, there's very few as the years go on. And it seems like what's happening is that as these wars kind of fade out of uh, the public's memory uh, in terms of, you know, it used to be our fathers and grandfathers that were in these wars, you know, the generation gap is widening. And uh, yeah. I, I think that tends to be probably why you start to see stories like this when you never really used to forever, for decades and decades and decades. Yeah, I mean, there's a natural sort of longevity to our remembrance on these type of conflicts. But I think what separates 
particularly the Second World War, I think the First World War is a little more complicated, but certainly the Second World War from other wars was that there was so clearly a right side and a wrong side. Yeah. And on top of that, there's so clearly, so if you're Canadian, the Nazi German, the, you know, Nazi Germany didn't really pose a significant threat to you. I suppose if they invaded Britain, it'd be difficult, but you could reasonably separate. You know, no one was really going to die. Same for the Americans. Um, in Britain, like, we get, you know, a bit more emotional about it because it is seen as a coming of age thing for the British. It was our greatest era, mm. you know, the, our, our greatest moment. But I think it's also that for the Americans and for Canadians as well. You know, you guys left your homes and farms and the prairies and then learn Upper Canada to fight, not necessarily for your family, although I suppose you probably shared some ancestors, but for this ideal of freedom, of, of, of tolerance, of liberalism, you know, these really important things which we take for granted now. And that's why I think it's so important to remember that. And even if, you know, obviously by the time I'm 50, there won't be any World War veterans left, I'm afraid. It's a sad thing to think about, but it's true. But the reason why I'm going to continue to wear the poppy, although I'm not wearing one now, which is a bit embarrassing, is that it's because it is a symbol of what is good about Western life, you know? It's interesting to see how our governments are, sorry, are, uh, sorry Justin Trudeau, I think specifically, uh, let the Remembrance Day situation play out. Now, we're going to transition from the first story to the second one. Justin Trudeau called the whole food situation a silly mistake. I tend to agree. I, I don't think there was anything uh, malevolent behind Whole Foods' decision to not let people wear poppies. I think it was pretty stupid. Yeah. Um, very stupid. And I think they changed their decision pretty quickly as soon as they saw everyone from the NDP to conservatives to liberals <laughs> call them idiots, in effect. Um, but then we're going to move on to Remembrance Day. So Remembrance Day, uh, mm. this is a little bit of a different thing that happened. So we're going to compare what happened on Remembrance Day, uh, where in Ottawa, the Remembrance Day ceremonies were basically, I'm not... They weren't canceled, but they were definitely just not what they usually are because yeah, of COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. So, because, um, yeah, go ahead. So, well, no, no, I, I taste interrupted. Do you forgive me? But I think sort of going back quickly, um, you, you know, the, the issue that a lot of people had with this was obviously there was a moment in the pandemic where Justin Trudeau came out and he kneeled. He did sort of the Black Lives Matter fist and kneeled in front of a crowd of, the, of millennials. Um, all of whom were university educated, all of whom were middle class, and all of whom were irritating. And he did this, you know, despite coronavirus, apparently it didn't apply so long as you're fighting racism. And, uh, and, and, you know, that was totally fine. He was applauded for this, not just in Canada by our left-wing media, but internationally. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, 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 the bourgeoisie got together and they celebrated Canada's prime minister yet again for a move which was entirely style and no substance. So I think to your last point, and you said something quite interesting about the whole Whole Foods thing, which is you can't wear a poppy because it's like a political thing. Well, you know, it's not political. It, it's, it's, it's so much, it's demonstrably better and sounder than wearing a MAGA pin or a Black Lives Matter pin. Absolutely. And I think the same thing should apply to these ceremonies. You know, if, it, it's like if Whole Foods says you can wear a Black Lives Matter pin, but not a poppy. That's mm -hmm. what we're dealing with, but from the prime minister. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the thing that really irked me about this story actually was the fact that when you watch that video of Justin Trudeau in the crowd, it's a, it's a 
it's a mob. Like, I, and I'm not saying as in like a violent mob. I'm saying it's a, a ton of people. It's a big assembly of people. And yeah. everyone's very close to each other. And he's right in the middle. And he's just wearing a mask, which I think we all know at this point, masks don't really work. I mean, it seems like everyone in the world has been wearing a mask in Montreal. And yet our cases are through the roof. It, it doesn't seem like it's doing anything. And for Trudeau to have the nerve, to me, for him to have the nerve to go out there and just stand in the middle of a giant crowd and take a knee and and basically I don't know what he's pro he's protesting himself he's the prime minister he could fix all these problems so yeah. he's going and taking a knee in, yeah, solid, I mean, in solidarity I mean, against problems that he could solve I mean it's just totally ridiculous meanwhile remember stay we're all just trying to do something nice it's freezing out everyone wants to get out and just say thank you to our veterans in this beautiful country that we all get to enjoy every day and we all have to just pretend like this pandemic I, I mean I don't want to get all pandemic but I'm just saying <laughs> if you can do one why can't you do the other and the, yeah. the answer to that is there's no good reason why it's all virtue signaling and it's all prioritizing it's all political points it's it's stupid yeah. i mean this may be a bit of a side but I, I think there is a certain irony to justin trudeau coming out and protesting his own government yeah by taking that knee he essentially endorses the Black Lives Matter tenants, which is Canada is a systemically racist country. Well, yeah. if it's systemically racist, if you believe that, which I think is, uh, you know, loopy to say the least, yeah. then do something about it, you you fruitcake. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And let's keep in mind, um, I believe it was, I think it was Jagmeet Singh that at one point even compared Trudeau to Trump and said that Trump had done more for the black community in the U.S. than Justin Trudeau had done in Canada. Now, yeah. eventually, Justin Trudeau came out and made a black business fund where only black people can get business to start. Uh, it's basically just... Look, I can I comment on that, actually, quickly? Yeah, I've been sure, getting irritated on. about this since it was released. Every like week or so, I'll think about that in the shower and sort of have an argument to myself about why that's so stupid. I can't believe that as a result of an anti-racism movement, we now give out or create government policy based on your ethnicity yeah. rather than anything tangible, like say, I don't know, how much money you make or how good your <laughs> business will be. It's ridiculous. We've regressed about 30 years in the space yeah. of a summer. <laughs> yeah. Like, how, how did that even happen? <laughs> and you already know, Justin, he, Trudeau did that so that he had something to point to when people yeah. said, oh, you haven't done anything for the black community. You, you can easily say, actually, no, we teamed up yeah. with the banks to give $200 million to black people. It doesn't matter if they're really rich and can yeah. start the company themselves. We gave them money. It's, it's silly. And look, there's other things in that. There's portals and resources, I guess, to help black communities start up, which is all good and fine. But it... Why can't I just go to the parade and say thanks to the veterans? That's all. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I really want to get get out of that one. Moving on, I think. Thank you very much for that Chinese transition. That is our special Chinese transition. There's a panda and some Chinese music because what we're going to be talking about next is China because China is always in the news because they always get up to some real dodgy shit. So uh, let's just start off. Big news in China this week, actually, regarding Canada. Actually, just today, 
uh, as we're recording this, there was a Chinese ambassador that says that Canadians, not the Canadian government, but Canadians as a whole, need to respect China more. And they called mm. themselves, a, I believe, like a bastion of peace. And that uh, <laughs> people needed to respect the way they conduct themselves as if maybe Canadians don't like uh, the Communist Party of China that is ruining the lives of billion people uh and we had some big news today with uh, the trudeau government and hong kongers <clears throat> so uh nico why don't you lead the way on this segment yeah well let's talk about the chinese ambassador first his name is uh kong peiwu i think he did an interview in ottawa life which is an overtly pro-chinese magazine they yes. ran these comments which as we know are false I mean, clearly false, right? I mean, I mean, everyone knows that China isn't a bastion of peace. Wherever China is, it is not a bastion of peace. And they also run advertisements for companies like Huawei. So, you know, pretty clearly, they at least take money from China. Now, what he says is that he demanded respect. Uh, he said that Canada isn't respectful enough of China and that China is a bastion of peace, as I said previously. I'm not going to respect the Chinese regime. I'm not going to respect a country and an ambassador who comes out and calls himself peaceful when he is systematically, there's an actual sort of systemic abuse of a group of people, <laughs> ethnic cleansing a million Uyghurs in the sort of Western parts of the country. Yeah. This is a country that grades and observes their citizens and their behavior. This is a country that sort of restricts migration, who doesn't let certain people you know, succeed because of their political opinions. Then they don't deserve our respect. So quite frankly, I think, you know, these pretty loopy views from an ambassador who's come out and said some pretty silly things before. Um, and, you know, we give a lot of stick. We obviously, we, we favour the Conservative Party a little bit, particularly on the Chinese issue, because they have been strong. They've been really, really strong. There's members of their caucus, like Garnet Genui, and even people like Aaron O'Toole, who come out and routinely criticise China because they deserve it, you know? Yeah, but absolutely. I have to say, and we've given them a lot of stick over the course of a year but finally we're seeing some robust criticism of the chinese regime from justin trudeau and his party i mean i don't know whether it will actually convert into anything meaningful hmm. but he did say that he's going to stand up to their coercive diplomacy which is basically what their ambassador is currently doing yeah that is coercive diplomacy and uh and hopefully we can start placing sanctions on some chinese officials who have you know their their investments in canada hopefully we can I mean, take more issues or, or be more proactive as we actually have been today. We are bringing Hong Kongers to Canada. Isn't that right, Bobby? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Trudeau government basically announced, I can't remember the new minister of immigration's name. It's Marco something. It's something, it might be Italian. But anyway, he announced today that they're going to be making some... Uh, some big steps into making sure that Hong Kongers would be able to come to Canada with much more ease, basically expediting the process, making it so that visas would be given, uh, permanent residencies would be given out easier. And you know what, yeah. man? I'm pretty much totally cool with it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I can't really think of too much, too many problems that would come with that. And another cool thing that I thought um, is that any charges that are put against the Hong Kongers in the recent months during the crackdown from the CCP would not be considered. So, 
you know, yeah. any charges against, you know, if the guy, if say if a Hong Konger went and like punched a Chinese, uh, Chinese communist party guy in the face or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't think. Which I encourage things, them to do. <laughs> which, you know what, I'm totally fine with. Or if just they got arrested for protesting or, yeah. uh, you know, using laser beams to stop facial recognition charges like that. Those won't be considered for the Hong Kongers coming to Canada. So, you know what, I'm just going to say it. Good move. I rarely, I, you know what? I rarely give them the Liberal Party props, but this is exactly what they should have done, and it's something I hope that all other parties would have done if they were the governing party. Um, yeah. Really quickly, I mean, sorry, go. Uh, sorry, I'll go ahead. I want to go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go Let ahead. me go ahead because I wanted to talk about something in the first point about the uh, Chinese ambassador saying that we needed to respect China more. Yeah. Um, I have observed this from uh, several Chinese ambassadors or. Uh, Chinese ambassadors and like uh, diplomats and whatever. This yeah. is what they do. I I <laughs> almost feel like this is a tactic for them. They know that these kind of things will get under our skin. Like, and one one thing that is, uh, really stands out to me. One instance was when I can't remember if it was the same ambassador, but he basically said that Canada was uh, needed to deal with its white supremacy issue, and. It's just that coming from a country that is literally that has concentration, <laughs> like currently has concentration camps. I know Canada did some shady stuff like a hundred years ago. Sorry, we don't do it anymore. You're st China's still doing it, and I think they know they they know that. Oh, this is like an errant thread in the West that if you call people racist, if you point out white supremacy, if you yeah. say that oh your country is just like built up on on evil, that people will start arguing. It's part of the reason that yeah. they don't they don't well, they like. Know it's so divisive. They, don't like us. they know yeah. it's so divisive. Exactly, and it yeah. works. Sorry, I, <laughs> but yeah, I. Uh, but to your point, I've noticed this as well, and it's one of Xi Jinping's favorite tactics. What he does is he goes out and says. Uh, you know, you American imperialists. What China currently does in <laughs> Africa, in Southeast Asia, in parts of Southern Europe, and even in places like South America, is what you would call not neo-colonialism, not, you know, just oh, a bit dubious foreign policy. It's colonialism. It's, colonialism. it's imperialism. Yeah. These guys are imperialists. They are, they're, they're scary, quite frankly, what they're doing. I mean, I, I implore you to have a look at some of this stuff. There's some great YouTube videos. But, you know, they almost copied what the Europeans did in the 1700s and have adapted that to the modern world and are now carrying it out. So I don't have much sympathy for whenever China <laughs> accuses us of racism. I think, quite frankly, they can all bugger off. Yeah. But there's a second point to the Hong Kong thing, which I'd quite like to raise. And that's these guys, I mean, there isn't a better demographic to bring into this country. They love democracy, clearly. Look at what they've done to try and protect it in their own country. And it's a shame they have to leave, but at the very least, we can give them an okay plan B. They're also, they created a country which has some of the best commerce on earth. These yeah. people know how to make money. They're going to improve their economy. They're going to bring in a lot of tax money. They're going to, you know, improve the quality of democracy. They're going to be freedom-loving peoples. And they're probably going to be quite conservative. Let's probably. pick them up and let's drop them in Toronto and turn York Centre blue, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? To that point, and uh, unfortunately so, this might be a bit of a dry run for uh, when it inevitably happens to Taiwan. So you know what? Let's warm ourselves <laughs> up with some Hong yeah. Kongers. Let's bring them over. Let's get them nice and comfy. And then you yeah. know what? In a couple years or who knows, next week, when China <laughs> when China finally goes in and kicks Taiwan's ass, we can bring in like 5 million Taiwanese people. You know what? Just throw them up in like Yellowknife or something. 
something. Just make <laughs> make Yellowknife the new Taiwan. You can put all 38 million or whatever, however many people are there. Just double our population. Make the northern territories of Canada, just make them like Taiwanese. It would be so cool. It would like kill three <laughs> birds with one stone. It would sort out so many issues if we just moved the entire population of Taiwan to the Yellowknife. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know why we haven't done it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Anyway, we'll get ready for it. Uh, and you know what? Especially with all these videos I see, and this is a, I don't know how conspiratorial this is, but I often think that when I see um, pro uh, Chinese Communist Party actors and demonstrations, the first thing that goes through my mind is that these people are government actors and spies. And if we can yeah. balance that out with people that hate and know why they hate the communist <laughs> regime in China, I'm. Totally game for it. Bring him over, baby. Bowsy wows. What a transition. My goodness. They just keep getting better and better. Have you guys seen a new Borat movie that's coming out? I think it was a bit mean to Rudy Giuliani, uh, but that's just me. I think, you know, I, I read an interesting article about it and it said, the reason why Borat works in England and it doesn't work in the US is because Americans are just too kind. Yes. If you like, If you embarrass someone in America, they're going to allow themselves to be embarrassed out of courtesy. If you do that at some dinner party in London, they're going to kick you out. So really, he's attacking just a very nice American trait. But anyway, that's a bit of an aside. What we're going to be talking about, actually, is uh, is another wee story. And I think Roberto is an expert on this one. So lead us the way. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, I am an expert on the We Charity scandal. I could write a book on it, and that's not foreshadowing. I'm never going to write a book on the We Charity scandal. But um, we had an interesting development this week, an unfortunate one, and one that I'm not surprised happened, uh, even though it sounds so uh, salacious and juicy. Um, so... What happened was there's a company that takes care, that took care, I should say, of Justin Trudeau's public appearances, his speaking, his speaking fees. Uh, it's called something like Lumalite, I want to say, something like that. We'll pull up the uh, Speaker Spotlight. It's called Speaker Spotlight. And this company was in charge of Justin Trudeau and managing him basically for, uh, I think, between 2008 and 2013, and I think before that. Um, Basically, and uh, let's not beat around the bush too much, the, the liberals won here. Uh, this company decided to destroy all evidence of Justin Trudeau's speaking fees from 2008 to 2013, including any potential speaking fees that he would have obtained from We Charity. Now, this is... Uh, it's so <laughs> look, dodgy. I it can't is, believe it. It is the dodgiest thing. That's uh, ever happened in this government. And you know what? We've been following this We Charity thing for months. I mean, we were at the old office, right? So it had to have been in the summer. They prorogued parliament. It seems like so long ago. And at this mm. point, you know what? I got to be honest. It seems like they're going to just get away with it, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, look, if I may offer bright notes, I, I think they are going to get away with it, which is enormous strain. And, you know, it's deeply in or unjust. It feels like, you know, politics lacks justice. In fact, we know it does. Yeah. But if we're going to be really pragmatic, how much longer can the Conservatives drag this on for, Because you know, before just the general Canadian public is bored of it? Yeah. You know, when does it begin to look like the Conservatives are just complaining about nothing, where they, where they begin to seem childish? Exactly. And I think they were verging on that. I, and I, I know, I, like, I, I trust me, I, I get how unfair that is how awful it must feel in particular to, to conservative members of parliament. 
But look, there's going to be other scandals out there. Keep going. Keep making the case for the economy. You're closing in on the polls. And eventually we can kick this guy out of office. Let's hope so, man, because I do agree with you. I feel like people are fatigued. And every time there's a headline about it, when conservative MPs start tweeting about it, it seems like they're starting to, even though it's not that they're not grasping at nothing, but people are starting to go, okay, where's the red hand? And because our media is so lazy, because they don't do their due diligence and actually keep on the the corruption from the Trudeau parliament and government, they just kind of got away with it. But I do agree. The conservatives need to just keep their head high, play a good game, and just eventually kick them out when they can. Yeah. That's all we have to. I, that's all I really have to say about that one. I'm pissed about it, but for now, I'm gonna have to start ignoring some wee stuff, I, I, to, <laughs> unless something massive happens. Obviously, in which case we'll obviously have to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, should we uh, go to our outro, Nico? Let's do the outro, Bobby. All right. Ah, wow. What a nice transition. And speaking of transitions, our producer James has just informed me that he will be working on new transitions. Finally. Um, finally, we're going to get some new transitions. Now, <laughs> uh, because we have no idea uh, who you want to see, you have to let us know who you want to see on those transitions. So what we're thinking of doing, why don't you leave a comment? Uh, the ones that get the most likes, we'll take a look at them. We'll consider them. Or you could email us right here at bobbyandnico at gmail.com. We still do read them, and we're going to get to them eventually, and we're going to read a bunch of them, and your question might get answered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Do email us. As I said, it's really, really flattering. I love it when you guys do that. Uh, leave a comment. I read all of them. And, uh, and thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, again, leave a like, subscribe, let us know who you want to see in the transitions, give us an email, and we will see you next week. See you next week, everyone. Bye-bye.